Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business, but your life. And I'm really excited to present to you my series, Lifestyles of the Successful. This is going to be a six-part series. This is going to be part two, where we're going to talk about maintaining the high vibe attitude. And when am I talking about high vibe? I'm talking about being optimistic, having motivation, starting and completing things that matter to you and your goals. If you're interested in that type of conversation, after this short break, we're going to dive into it. And just a heads up, this is going to be available as part of a course lifestyles of the successful so make sure that you listen to the end so that you can be able to get in contact with me if this is a course that you'd be interested in getting all right so stay tuned after this hey 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 and we're back i'm so excited that you are deciding to up level not just your mindset but your life if this is your very first time listening, welcome. Make sure you smash that follow button, subscribe button, wherever button that is. I know I've got people on different platforms who listen to this podcast. So whatever you are listening to, make sure you connect with me there. And those of you guys who are enjoying and loving these podcasts, I am wrapping my arms around you and giving you a big electronic hug thank you so much make sure that you share this podcast with others that way we can grow this community and other people can be uplifted by these messages and if you would love to let other people know that you've been enjoying these podcasts check out the comment section or note section of this podcast there is a link that you can send me a video message make sure you include your name and your hometown and Anything that really would be able to help others and see the value of this podcast, I know you do. That way we can also make sure that we can spread this message far and wide. Alrighty. As I mentioned earlier, this is going to be a six-part series. You're listening to the second part where we're talking about maintaining a high-vibe attitude Write me at podcast at denisegelee.com with the subject line, Lifestyles of the Successful. That way I can make sure that you get connected to that course if that is something that is of interest to you. Alrighty. Now, before we dive into maintaining a high vibe attitude, I want to get into some nerd talk. We're going to talk a little bit about science because one of the things that I have struggled with and I've noticed other clients that I have worked with over the years have struggled with is this business of why is there a resistance, a resistance to positivity, a resistance to growth, a resistance to thinking and believing better. And I have myself, I think about things that I've always wanted to do with my wellness, with my business, with certain relationships. And it it was always as if I was sabotaging myself and never really completing what I was starting. And there's reasons behind it. And I want to talk about that from 
a neurological science point of view. So we kind of lay out the foundation as part of the reasons behind it, okay? So as we know that our body has numerous parts and one of them is the nervous system. And think of your nervous system as your body's electronic power plant. Your nervous system is designed to be the lights that make sure that everything about your brain is functioning <laughs> normally. I mean, your nervous system does some other stuff, but that's just part of its main functions. Think of it, like I said, lights on, making sure your brain is connected and sending signals to the rest of your body through your nervous system so that everything's working well, okay? But one of the nervous system's responsibilities also to alert the brain of chemical threats, for example, the foods we eat, are physical threats. Literally, someone trying to charge against us or we're in a car and we're trying to swerve to avoid being hit or we're in a crowd and it looks like somebody's getting excited and we're trying to get away from swarms. And so threats, physical, as well as chemicals, okay? Now, there's electronic signals that are generated by the trigeminal nerve, which go up the sensory cortex, which process the information of these kind of chemical reactions, okay? Now, chemical reactions also can be how you feel and how you perceive things, okay? That's part of a chemical reaction. Have you ever noticed, for example, when you're around a, a lover and they say, oh gosh, I feel goosebumps, or you get hugged by your grandma or someone that really matters to you, and you also feel feelings of warmth and comfort. Well, that's also forms of chemical reactions, okay? So let's get back to this about these business of electronic signals. So electronic signals also go to the limbic system, which processes rewards and threats. Now, remember I told the reward of being hugged by grandma or the threat of being attacked, okay? That's, our body is trying to sort through all of that stuff, okay? And as part of the, that threat, pain, or reward processing, it gets sent to the hypothalamus, which is also part of the limbic system. And the hypothalamus turns on the adrenal glands. Adrenal glands assist the instinct of self-preservation by releasing added strength for separation or destruction. One of the, every time when I think about adrenal glands, I think about Popeye the Sailor Moon. And before Popeye got into the action, with by check, protecting olive or fighting to get something or trying to do something important, he pops in that spinach. And we all know now that it was a campaign to have kids eat more vegetables. But it's an awesome example when you think about our bodies. We are trying to pump ourselves up for the main event or something where they need to do something. One other sidebar notice when as I think about it, you may have heard acts of human strength in crises. For example, someone lifting up a car to rescue a kid or, or something, or a dog or something that falls underneath the tires, or someone developing super speed, rushing and picking someone up in the before they get into they fall down or whatever. Our bodies are amazing and they can just do wonderful things, not 
just run away, okay? So this whole adrenal process is also controls the fight or flight response, okay? Some people love the rush. Think of a roller coaster. The more you get the stimulus and you're feeling, whoo, that feels so good, they love it. But, but what our bodies, once we get acclimatized or become used to, in other words, about these kind of stimuluses, it becomes less stimulating because our brain has been trained to recognize those things, okay? But for our purposes together right now, we're going to be working to teach our brain to fear less by giving it new information. And we're going to replace the old and outdated information so that our bodies and our brains can run more effectively. I think I have an iPhone and I'm always getting iOS updates, okay? Oh, it's iOS 14. Oh, it's iOS Leopards, iOS Fontana or whatever. And here's the thing. The reason why it's constantly getting these updates is because it has new information, new information from threats. Okay, how to protect the phone from being hacked or the computer from being hacked. It also gives improvements so that it can run better, use less power, other things for it to maneuver better when I'm trying to go from application to application, okay, as an example. So we think of this conversation as giving yourself new firmware in your brain so that it can work better, okay? Now, you may think, okay, that's all well and good, Denise, but why is it so hard to become positive? I understand the biology, but how do I do that? And thanks for asking. The reason behind that is, as we just mentioned earlier, the biology. One of the things you may have heard from other people's talking about is that, oh, I have a chemical balance. Oh, I have a family history. Now, those things are legit for people who have been diagnosed as bipolar, schizophrenic, borderline personality disorder. There are some legitimate chemical imbalances that medication can fix that. Now, this conversation is not going to be diving into the type of medications for the type of pathologies or illnesses, nor is this podcast designed to treat that, okay? This is just an overview for you to understand. So, I would suggest that if there's something that's interests of you, that please, please, please talk to a licensed clinical social worker or board certified psychiatrist to dive into some of those issues, okay? But understand for real that for some of us, it is a chemical imbalance that we inherited from our family genetics, or it's just how our bodies were built okay as some people are taller and stronger or some some people also brains need a little bit of help to make sure it runs well okay and there's also an issue of have you been exposed to some traumatic events or chronic stress i was reading a story about a man i'll just call him tom Tom was at this high stress environment where as a manager he was very passive. He he was 
more or less yelled at from sunrise to sunset, either from his bosses or customers, or it just he just went and accumulated just tons and tons of stress. And he didn't really talk about it. He didn't really share about it. He just tried to be pleasant, okay? And then one day, Tom went home and popped his kid against the head for literally tearing, the offense was tearing up a $1 bill. And his wife was was shocked, was like, what are you doing? You went too far. But Tom was thinking this was justified. And later, Tom had high blood pressure, was having high blood pressure and some other things. So he went to see the doctor and with Tom and his wife and all that stuff and shared the story of popping his kid for tearing up the $1 bill and then the high blood pressure and some of the other health issues that he's facing. And the, the therapist, who was also a doctor, was talking and said, hey, you were taking $10 of stress onto that $1 with tearing it up with that little boy. That $9 was all the frustration, the hurt, the anger, the anxiety that had to be released. It had, it was manifesting. It got released onto the sun. It got released in terms of the high blood pressure. Okay. So this is so super important for you to dial in and understand what I'm trying to say by you cannot escape your biology, okay, if something is signaling to you that something is off. Because you may not think it's problematic now, but it's either going to manifest in terms of how you relate to others, okay, or your health. So I just want to make sure that this is not something you think, yeah, I'll get to it later. No, you can't get to it, sweetheart. It's something that needs to be attended to. If that is something that is resonating with you, what I'm just saying right now, okay? So let's talk about the other reason why it's so hard to become positive. Well, the second part is habit. It's your upbringing. And I remember thinking about a common phrase that I, I, I learned as I was getting my own training is that you, you get good at what you practice. And if you're practicing in this state of danger and craziness and anxiety. You're going to get super adept. You get super, I keep on saying super, but th- what I'm trying to say is you are going to be focusing and attuned to, and even if this smells and hints at those type of fears and anxiety, danger, 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 Robinson comes to your mind. And for those of you guys who are like danger, Robinson, it's a uh, a link to an old TV show called Space Family Robinson, where there was a robot named Robbie who had warned the family of impending danger. And the young son, it was a space cadet, was also named Will, was named Will, pardon. And it seemed he was always in danger from alien beings or creepy crawly space animals. That's why they said danger, Will Robinson. And getting back on track of our conversation. For a lot of us, we have become very, very skilled 
at falling into habits which may have served us back then, our family or where our, our relationship or some type of dysfunctional interaction, but don't service now well. I, as I think about some of the interactions that I've had with one particular member of my family, I'll just call her Sue, and Sue, every time Sue would feel uncomfortable, she would lash out. Sue would get angry. Sue would get frustrated. And that was Sue's way of dealing with people, particular family members, that made her feel uncomfortable. Now, it is not a stretch of the imagination, because I observed it later, that Sue was also flipping out, getting angry, getting rash, even at things that made her feel just even the slightest bit uncomfortable. She wanted to push it away immediately. Now you may be asking, okay, great. This is not what I wanted to hear. I might be repeating things, but there's good news, okay? (laughs) I got good news. We can train ourselves to be positive, okay? And I've got three ideas that I want to share with you in the time that we have, okay? Is number one, is that we can work against our training through training. Now, this experience, this time that we have right now, is training. You're learning right now that anger is a choice. That we don't have to instinctively do or say the first things that pop through our brain. Think about it at Pavlo's dog, the example where the, there is these, there's an experiment with a psychiatrist where every time the dogs were going to eat, anticipating eating, Pavlo rang the, door, the, the, the bell, okay? And then he rang the bell so many times that the dogs started salivating. They drooled upon hearing the bell ring because they were trained so well that okay bell rings food comes now for some of you guys you say you may hear some people use certain words or people remind you of certain things and that's ringing bells in your brain and then you instinctively go to what it's familiar and comfortable for you. Now, unfortunately, for some of you guys, what's familiar and comforting for you is destructive. For some people, familiar and comfortable is drinking too much. Some people, familiar and comfortable is eating too much or indulging or whatever, some addiction. Or some of you guys, familiar is codependency. For some of you guys, familiarity is taking over the responsibility of another grown person in terms of their emotional or physical livelihood. I've met so many women over the years who have more or less been a nurse and a purse to effeminate men who refuse to take responsibilities. Or let's do it the flip side. I have seen aggressive masculine women becoming more dominant and controlling over effeminate men stripping away his power to become the provider and protector in the relationship. Not this within the realm of romance, and this is 
again, something that's a little bit beyond the scope of our conversation, but that's training. They were both the man or the woman was trained in their family of origin to assume roles that they were never biologically wired to do. Okay. Some of us were being trained to think that we're weak, trained to be fearful. But guess what? We can train ourselves to think positive. We can train ourselves to elevate our mindset. And one of the ways that you're training is obviously listening to me speak right now. Okay? But that's just part of the formula. And I will also give examples inside of my course, Lifestyles is Successful, about other things that you can be doing. But this is just an overview message that we're having right now. Okay? Now, let's also think about what we can do to be positive. We can dial into the things that help us, right? I love, for example, Pinterest. Love, 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 love Pinterest. And as I was looking at my personal Pinterest account, and I was amazed because like, okay, I've got references for certain elements that I really need help on. And instead of frantically just running on impulse and just buying certain things and not having any focus and cluttering stuff and having all this chaos, I can go back to my references instead of relying on my brain. Because here's the thing our brains work. It can only process but so much at a time before it starts to shut down. Think of your cell phone, okay? Imagine if you put your phone out in the sun. I, after a while, if it's blazing hot enough, this, the power diminishes. It gets overheated. Applications don't work. And if it's hot enough, it will force itself to shut down to help preserve the computer within the phone so that serious damage doesn't occur. That is how our brains work. And one of the ways that we can help ourselves, we can dial into the things that help us, is we can go to our self, our reference material, so that our brain doesn't have to work that hard. We've got our notes, we've got our resources. Oh, yes, I know the solution. Let me go to this. So even if you don't know what to do, at least you can refer to it, okay? And then the last thing I'm suggesting and how to be more positive is flee from the things and the people who don't help you. I was thinking about a conversation. This was not recent. It was a couple of days ago. And a woman was telling me that she felt uncomfortable with her mother. And I thought about that. And I said, you're over the age of 18, correct? She said, yes, well, obviously. I said, that's not your mother. That is your relative who happens to be your egg donor. And I'm not going to get into the details and the dynamics of that conversation, okay? But for a lot of us, we get staying stuck with people and things that present us failed ideas. Their, their life was a disaster, Okay, they're failing in one or more areas in their life. Okay, and if you take their advice, I assure you, with 99.99999% confidence, it's going to fail you too. 
So why don't we choose to associate with people and things that are winning in the areas where we want to see victory in our lives? And let's stop playing pretend that this is going to turn around. He's going to turn around. The situation's going to turn around. Most likely, you have probably been saying that to yourself in one or more areas of your life for years. Let's get real. Is it really turning around? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. Am I telling you to automatically file for divorce, quit your job, move to Tahiti, turn into a Sharma? I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm not telling you to burn everything down instantaneously. What I am telling you is to take a critical hard look at your needs, your wants, your desires, and let's build a framework that makes sense. I I talk more in detail in the course about lifestyles of successful about what that looks like. But I want to just explain to you right now, you need to find those things that light you up and bring you joy and stick on that for bloody life if you want to elevate yourself, okay? As you're listening to what I'm sharing, I hope that you don't just listen to it, but you take action. Now, let me know what action that is. Let me know what that looks like because I always want to make sure that I'm fully supporting you. Write me at podcast at denisegeely.com. Love to hear those thoughts, okay? And if you really like this podcast, make sure you share this podcast with someone else. Well, as always, I so enjoy our conversations and I'm hoping that you'll take the information that I have and you will run with it. You will you will decide to be high vibe in all areas of your life. No more excuses, no more drama. All right, take care and be awesome.